come down to free us, come as our true friend. How long, how long? Oh, do not hide your face or let me sleep in death, but light my end till it becomes a bright beginning. Place your wounded hands in mine and raise me up that even grief itself may turn to grace. Then I will sing a song of sudden hope. Then I will praise my Savior, the divine companion who drank the bitter cup and in doing so made it flow with wine that his strong love might overrun my heart and all his joy in heaven might be mine. Then I will sing his song and take my part in love's true music as his kingdom comes and heaven's hidden gates are drawn apart. Uh, you all may be seated. Um, this is a, uh, a, a poem written by Matthew Guete. It's a, um, it's a poem that was written based on Psalm 13 that we're going to look at in just a minute. And I'm going to mess this up, but it's, it, it's, its Latin name is Usque Codemine. Um, really just another uh, way of, it, it's the Latin for uh, how long, and then Domine, it, it would be most best translated as master. So, uh, which we're going to look at another psalm today of David um, as we continue our Poetry for the Wilderness uh, Lenten series. So if you're just joining us for the first time today, we have been uh, looking at poems for the wilderness. And we've been looking at, we looked at a poem of confession uh, our first week. Uh, I believe it was Psalms 32. Then last week looked at Psalms 42 and started the, to talk about lament. But then we're going to continue that lament uh, today with Psalm 13. We're basically looking at psalms and poems that can give us language for our own journeys into the unknown, our own journeys into this uncultivated liminal space of life where God can transform and transfigure our souls. And so as we're continuing uh, lament, remember we talked about this last week, that lament is giving words to our pain. We could call lament basically the poetry of our, of our hearts. Lament is that unfiltered cry from deep within our soul. Remember, think coffee. That lament is when we don't filter out all the grime and the grease and the, and the crud that kind of builds up in life. Uh, lament is that animal sound, that animalistic guttural noise that comes when we have no words left to say. It's that unfiltered prayer beneath our prayer. Uh, let's pray, and then we're going to dig into Psalm 13 and then talk about what it looks like to actually lament, and then we'll, after the next song, come back and practice it. Heavenly Father, Son Jesus, and Holy, Holy, Holy Spirit, as we continue in this Lenten season, this season of, of penitence and confession, this season of lament and sorrow, we're reminded, <laughs> where we're reminded that from ash we've come and to ash we will return. God, we want to do all this at the foot of your cross. This is where we're headed. This is where we're, we're going, Jesus. We're traveling with you towards Jerusalem, towards Holy Week, towards the cross and that glorious morning of the resurrection. God, may we bring our whole selves before you this morning. May we bring all of our being, all of our soul, even that animal sound. You love that animal sound of our soul. And so, God, may we bring that before you this morning. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. 
All right, so if you're following along, we're going to be in Psalms 13, a few, uh, just a few short verses. This is a very short psalm, a very short poem this morning. And if you're looking at the heading of this, it just says to the preeminent one, uh, that being maybe the leader of a band, the chief musician of a band, because this is now a mismoor, a melody, right? This is a melody. This is a song that's meant to be sung. And so we're going to begin here in uh, the first verse. And again, there's no selahs, so we're going to read straight through this. Uh, we're going to begin here in the, ver- the first verse, and there's this phrase that's going to pop up four times in these first two verses. It's this phrase that is uh, two Hebrew words, ad ana, and it literally just means as far as where. It's, it's a very poetic way of saying as far as where. And our English translations, the best we can really get is how long. That's where we just talked about the how long. And so when you hear this as far as where, it's like, it's almost like as far as where. And it kind of just continues out into the infinite. Like it feels like it's never going to end. And that's kind of what David here is trying to get to. So right here in, first, in the first verse, we'll read through this. Adonah, as far as where or how long, Yahweh, will you forget me in perpetuity? As far as where, Adonah, will you conceal or hide your face from me? Adonah, as far as where, how long shall I take counsel in my soul, in my person, my desire, my passions, my appetites, and my emotions, because I'm having sorrow, grief in my heart, in my mind, and my will by day. Adonah, as far as where, how long shall my enemy be proud or exalted upon me. And then the poet switches prose here in verse 3. Look, he says, behold, testify to me. Answer me, Yahweh, my Elohe. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. He's getting pretty dramatic here with his language. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest those who keep me in the narrow and tight, basically those who bring me or keep me in trouble, say, I have power, I have prevailed over you. Lest my enemies rejoice, cry out, because I am tottering. This word is like, because I'm tottering, I'm shaken, I'm stirred. Think of like a drink that is just all shaken up. And then he switches prose again now. This is very important for the pattern of lament here. He says, but I have trusted in your kindness, your mercy, your goodness. My heart, my inner person, my mind and my will shall rejoice, will cry out. And then it's that word Yeshua again, right? Joshua or, or Jesus, which just is in your salvation, in your deliverance. I shall rejoice in Yeshua, your salvation. I will sing to Yahweh. For he has ripened upon me. Uh, really, that word would be he has felt, he has dealt fully with me adequately or bountifully. You, your English translations might say bountifully, but it's this beautiful way of saying that Yahweh has ripened upon David's soul. And so, in these six short stanzas of this poem, we see a pattern here from David on how it is that we lament, right? What it looks like to actually lament in a biblical way. We talked last week about the difference between complaint and lament. 
There is some aspect of complaining in lament, but that's not the full biblical picture. And so we read in the first, there's kind of three sections here that we look at, and it's this whole section of the Adanaz, the, 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 the as far as where's, the how longs, you know. He's listing all these things, how long, how far do I have to go with these things? Then the second aspect is he's saying, answer me. You know, I'm asking you these things, and it seems like you're silent, God. Answer me, answer me, answer me. And then he switches the last two verses to, even though I'm not hearing your voice now, I still trust in your kindness. I'll rejoice in your Yeshua, in your salvation. I'll sing for you have ripened upon me. And just like ancient Hebrew poetry, I really truly believe that we see lament in our culture also beautifully through various works of art, write our own poetry. That, that poem that I read in the very beginning of this, our own writings and music and paintings and, and, and dances. Think about the art, art that normally grips us deep at our core. The art that grips us is usually not just trite and trivial, though sometimes that has its place just to distract. But if our art only represents happiness or one emotion, then it only is going to last so long. That's why so many pop songs just kind of fade in one day and they're off the radio the next day. And that's why some of the works, the composers of like, you know, Mozart and Beethoven and some of these other folks can last for so long. And so to begin a framework for how to lament, especially in a biblical way, we must first fight the temptation we must fight that addiction to only happy worship like we've been talking about the last two weeks. Because when we do that, we often suffer quietly and silently in solitude, pushing our lament to the side. But what happens is that eventually, these feelings and emotions will come out of us in some way or another, and usually it's in a destructive way. Usually it's in a way that tears us apart towards the people that we love or even to our own self. And so this collection of poems, you know, not, not just the one we read last week or, or this week, there's a, there's a bunch of lament, uh, psalms of lament in, in Scripture, can really give us a pattern of how we can do this together, a pattern of how we can engage in this practice even as a church before God in our container of faith, like this container of faith that we hold so dear and near to our heart. So how do we lament? Um, we're going kind of, to get very practical here. Uh, Stephen, uh, can you pop that next slide up? Um, there's, there, there, really, there's, there's three ways that we can help us in our life push towards being able to be more spiritually healthy when it comes to, to this. And the first one is what we've been talking about, fighting the temptation to only happy worship in life, right? We talked about this at extent last week that, you know, in the church we have this propensity to only want to put the smiles on our faces and, and sing the fun and, and the happy songs, but, but that's not the entirety of our ethos as human beings, okay? Um, we need to accept that we need emotional balance before God, and what better place to do that than together, right? Together in, in, in God's sanctuary. Uh, we need to stop repressing the feelings we think that God doesn't care about because as we talked about last week, God wants it all. He wants all of you, and God can handle all of it, too, I promise. I promise God can handle everything you bring at him. But number two, uh, find a creative expression that works for you. Um, in so many ways, being a Christian is about making. 
It's about being creative. It's about finding ways to make theology, right, the things that we believe here, incarnate in our reality, like alive in our reality. So tap into the right side of your brain. The practice of lament requires us to tap into that right side of our brain and then kind of interweave it in with that left side, the more logical side of your brain. Uh, prayer can be creative, journaling, dancing, other art forms. And also for some people who think they might not be creative, first of all, I'll tell you, you are more creative than you think you are, I promise. But also, it's okay to then enjoy art created by others, right? It's okay to use others' artwork of, especially things in this vein of lament, that works best for you. Because the goal simply is to do number three. This is really where we're headed here, which is to make your implicit anguish explicit before God. Take what's anguishing you inside and let it just barf it up, throw it up, spill it all out, because again, God can handle all of it. We want to make our implicit anguish explicit before God in a way that resonates with us. We're all different people. And so none of us are going to do this the same way. We'll do a practice of corporate lament in just a few minutes, but that may not be the way that it works for everyone. Everyone's got their own ways of, of doing it. So take what's inside, right? We're going to be taking what's stuck in our throats, and we need to find a way to say it out loud before God in whatever way works best for you. We need to, we're bringing our darkness into his light. And as a result, you just might find yourselves in the arms of a loving God. Right? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And so now, Stephen, you can put the next one up. These are the nine steps that we're going to use. This is based on a pattern uh, from a retreat that I went to, uh, a spiritual retreat. Uh, and this, uh, the presenter, Jenna Perini, uh, she was the one who uh, taught this to our group. And these are the nine steps that she used. Um, if you're on uh, line, there is a bit.ly link there, like I said, that says lament-nine steps. And you can bring that up on your phone, even if you're here today and you want to look it up on your phone if you can't see this or... Um, you can look it up later on there. But there is a bit.ly link that has all of this written out, uh, what we're talking about right now. And so the first thing we need to do, and it's actually not on there, it's not on the screen, but we need to identify what it is that we're lamenting, right? Um, maybe even using a metaphor, if, if you, depending on how creative you want to you be. It's important to know what it is that we're lamenting, right? And perhaps this is a good day to do this. This is a year out now from, I think, our first weekend where we weren't, this was, the, I think it's about, yeah, this is our year, pretty much anniversary of, I was sitting up in the office last year doing a sermon by myself with my wife in there, and we didn't know what was going on. Maybe this is a good time then to, to lament something that's been going on the last year. So whatever it is in your life, just identify it. Whatever it is, name it out loud. And the first step then is just to cry out to God. This is what David is doing in that song. Adonah, right? How long, where, as far as where is this going to happen? So open by addressing who it is that you're speaking to. And so basically, you got to think to yourself, how are you going to address God? God has many names. David uses many names in his Psalms, from, uh, from, from Yahweh to Eloah to, to Elohim. I mean, God, Adonai. There's, there's lots of different ways that we name God. How are you going to name God in your own personal lament? And then step two is to simply bring it before him. This is the aspect of complaint. It's okay to complain, right? 
as long as we keep going down these steps. If we stop at complaint, that's where a lot of people stop, and it kind of just never gets past that point. But simply bring it before God, right? What anger, what pain are you wanting to bring before God? And express this creatively, maybe in a metaphor. Uh, This is now where we're going to tap into that right side of our brain. And then number three, you're going to see this pattern throughout the Psalms as well. But we're going to have an affirmation, a time of affirmation of trust. We're going to take a hope break, right? A kind of a selah, a time to just kind of contemplate what we've just complained about, but also affirm that God does have this. We're going to give our hearts a break. And perhaps this would be a good time to remember God's presence shining through in the darkness at some point. Maybe there was a point in your life where, God, where, where it did seem like God came shining through the dark. Or perhaps it's as simple as remembering the truths of Jesus and what he's done for, for us. Because then we're going to dig in even deeper. Because number four is the petition or request. We're going to actually articulate our lament. We're going to look deeper at what we're grieving. And we're basically going to ask the question, how would we like God to intervene in this situation? That's what we're doing. This is what God, remember David, he's in there saying, help me with this. I don't want to be persecuted by my enemies anymore. And then number five is, is, is pretty brilliant that Jenna put here because she goes additional arguments because there's always more. We always think that we've gotten to the core of it but there's always more that we're not, we're, we're so good at hiding ourselves from each other and from God, there's always more that we can kind of start to muster up. And so, number five, is there anything more you'd like to say? Unpack it even deeper. Make sure you're telling the whole story. And then number six is, is kind of fun. It's a strange kind of step when you think about it, because we are a religion that says our litmus test for loving others is how well we love our enemies, But part of loving our enemies can be us being upset at what's happening, right? We can still love. And so we rage now against our enemies. We bring the whole spectrum of our heart before God. Remember, this is a safe and a sacred space between you and the divine. Because most of our laments have some sort of an enemy. There's a reason why our laments are happening. Um, even at its base core, it, it, maybe it's the slander, right? We've been talking about that slander or the accuser. Maybe that's the, at the base, but name that enemy. What is the illness that you're upset with? What is the work that you're upset with, the person or a system perhaps that you're upset with? What is it that you're lamenting? Don't protect your words here. Get as mad as you want. This is your time to, to rage like David does. David rages against his enemies here in this psalm that we just read. And trust in God. Trusting God to have the wisdom to do whatever he feels needs to be done with this raging that you're getting into. And then now it's going to be time to turn the corner. We've traveled into the deepness, the darkness, the shadow of death, as David says in other psalms. We've turned in hope, and, and so now we will we'll go from that deepness and that shadow of death, and we're going to turn in hope and faith, and we're going to reaffirm now our relationship with our Creator. Because this is the, the, the promise of the gospel that even in the midst of doubt and anguish and pain and suffering, God is still here. This isn't some cheap trick just to, you know, help us get through something like, yep, God's here, God's here. But rather it's a reminder of we're lamenting in this faith container. And that's what makes biblical lament different than just simply a complaint. It's reminding ourselves that we're human and that God is God. 
And so step seven is assurance of being heard, right? Acknowledge that God is listening, that his presence is, is near. There's nowhere, David says in a different psalm, there's nowhere I can go to flee the presence of God. So acknowledge that. Acknowledge that this is not a one-sided conversation, that God is real and is with you. His spirit is as close as the air you breathe. Take this time to now rest in that assurance and remind your heart. And then that will lead into number eight, promise or vow to praise. <laughs> what did David say? He goes, I will sing. I will sing. Affirm now your ongoing trust in God, that no matter how great the pain and the sorrow may be, that you can be still and know that God is God. This is furthering a step of that step of perspective. And then number nine will end with assurance. We'll, we'll, we'll end with the, you know, this is the same as when we do this every Sunday with our confession and assurance, right? We, are, we're, 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 we hear all the time that we're not good enough in life. But then we have that one voice every Sunday that says, you have been forgiven in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is that same step with our pain in one hand and God's grace and hope in the other. We're grateful that the divine architect of all that we know is not above our pain, and we're grateful that his presence is with us. And then just as there was our intro step where we had to identify our lament, there's one step that goes after nine, and this is probably the most important of all this. Take whatever it is that you've now lamented, and it's important to say it out loud. When we're done today, it's important to say it out loud to someone else who you trust or love. Bring it before someone else. Bring it to people who are in your life. Um, and, and if you don't have anyone in your life that's like that, that's okay. You can, you can, you can, I think it's okay to, these are, this is an intense practice. This can be intense if you take it you know, in, 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 in the vein that it's intended to be. So consider talking to a therapist if it gets really heavy for you. Consider talking to someone who's trained and qualified to help you in your laments. I'm gonna invite Andrew to come back up. We're gonna sing our second song now. Because I told you the liturgy is a little different today, kind of the, the flow. And we're gonna kind of meditate over these words um, that Andrew's singing. Take a deep breath, and then we're gonna dig into the actual practice of, of, of lament. I come, Jesus, I come in 
So now I'd like to invite you to make yourself comfortable. Um, I, I find it best to put your feet on the ground, but that's just, that's just me. Um, everyone, you know, it, it, you know fi- feel free to even move around in the sanctuary if you'd rather sit on the floor or stand. There's plenty of space in here. If you're at home, whatever, whatever works best for you. Um, this is your time to spend with the divine. This is your time to spend with God and cry out to him. Simply notice your breath. You don't have to change it. Don't seek to control it, but just simply notice that your breath is coursing in and out of your lungs, that the spirit is as close as that breath that you're breathing. And at this point, identify what it is that you want to lament on this day. What is it that's heavy on your heart? What is something that is bringing you to your knees? What is something that is making you so angry that you just need to rage against an enemy? As the deer pants for flowing streams, God, so my soul longs for you. My soul thirsts for you, the living God. When shall I come and behold your face? My tears have been my food both day and night. Jesus, we cry out to you. We cry out to your name. 
from the depths of our despair, the chaos of our crises and from the anguish of our agony. Can you even hear us, oh God? We are weary and worn out. We are broken and beat down. Our hearts are broken and hungry for things to be made right. Christ, bring us relief. Bring us healing. Bring us your love as we bring before you this morning our pain. Holy, loving God, we know that you are close to the brokenhearted. So be near. We know you are the God who hears, the one who bends low to listen, that draws near to heal. Jesus, you who have walked in our skin, tempted in every way that we are, be near us now as we affirm our trust in you, as we bring our whole hearts to the foot of your cross that we're chasing this Lenten season. we trust in you that whatever it is that we're about to bring up that you can handle it and so simply think about your petition, your request Whatever it is that you are lamenting this morning, as we pray, Lord, help us. Intervene. Act, God. Redeem us. Do not abandon us here. Do not abandon us in Sheol. If you are the God that draws near to the brokenhearted, then draw near. Show up. We plead before your glorious throne for help. And intervention. Can you hear us as we cry out to you in our own laments? Because our brokenness is ever before us. Dig deep. There's always more. Remember, God loves that animal sound, that deep guttural sound that happens when you have no words to say. Bring those additional requests to God. Because God, we have caused pain as well. We're not blameless in your sight, but this is hard. This storm that is raging against us is relentless. God, we cannot go on like this we share with you now the entire story of our pain. And so let's take a Selah. Let's take a short break and simply bring the deepness of your lament before our Heavenly Father. Take about 20 or 30 seconds.
Lord, we can't ignore the face of our pain. We can't ignore the source of our injustice, the inflictor of our wounds. Like David, our enemy's face is ever before us, mocking us, hurting and blaming, asking, where are your gods? God, let justice roll down like a mighty water. Make things right. We plead with you. We plead for your mercy. We rage with our entire soul, our entire being, our entire heart. Yet we know that we have been found. We're yours. We're loved. We're made pure. We're given life, breath, healing, and freedom. Oh, you, God, are our rock, so hear us. You welcome our words. You are patient with our prayers. You hold our hurts. You are the God who always hears our cries. Thank you for hearing us. Loving God, we humbly offer ourselves at your feet. Our imperfect, hurting selves. Right here. Right now in worship and in love to you. You who are worthy of all of our praise, we offer all our praise to you. Thank you, Jesus, for all that grows in the place of sorrow and despair. Thank you, Jesus, for meeting us here. Holy, holy, holy spirit, even when it feels like the darkness is closing in, you are there. Your love endures forever. Your hands protect. Your light makes it possible to see. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because if you are for us, who can be against us? And so thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all that is possible in the space that pain can create. We proclaim who you are to the world and we bring before you our whole selves. Father, Son, and Spirit, as close as the air we breathe, Be with us in this hour of worship and in the worship to come this week. Heavenly Father, help us to fight the temptation to only worship in happy ways. Allow us, oh God, to have that balance. That balance in this container of faith that only you can provide through your spirit. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for the one who went to the cross for us. And we thank you that you didn't leave him there dead, but that he rose again and ascended into heaven so that way he may sit at the right hand as our advocate, as our mediator. 
as one who breathes life from the heavens into our life through his spirit. We pray all these things in Jesus' name who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And just a note um, before we finish up, just, yeah, uh, make sure that, you know, take care of yourselves from whatever is, you know, stirring up in your in, in, in your soul. And um, I promise you that next week we're going to dive into a psalm of thanksgiving, uh, a psalm of happiness, <laughs> a psalm that will allow us to also, in these wilderness spaces, allow us to th- be thankful and, and, and in gratitude. It will be a lot more upbeat next week, I, I, I promise you. But 